the, the act of doing art, whether you're making a masterpiece or you're just drawing or you're just letting loose and painting, transports you to a place of peace and serenity without any cares, without any worries, without any thoughts. Um, and it was really magical. Welcome to the Art Infused Life Podcast. I'm Dawn Beauvais, a soulful light illuminating my innermost emotions with intuitive abstract art. I'm also a nurse practitioner focusing on addiction medicine and mental health wellness. And I'm Lynn Mazzolini. I am a sensitive intuitive painter of feminine expression and I'm a chemistry professor with a fascination for the technical aspects of art materials. This podcast explores the emotional elements behind art and the art making process. Our intention is to inspire you and elevate your life with the unspoken power of art. We'll be here weekly. Now let's get started. In this episode, I interview my friend and podcast partner, Don Bovey. Don has a thriving art business despite working full-time and taking care of a busy family. Her art is abstract and it's intuitive, it's spiritual, it's very emotional, and it really resonates with a lot of people. She's um, a very wise person with a very loving optimism towards people in general. You can find Don on social media with the handle Heartwork by Dawn. So let's dig in. Hi, Dawn. How Good morning. I'm actually great. I'm in sunny Florida. It's very, very relaxing. The first two days I got here, I didn't do a thing. And then we had some rain and we did a little shopping. And so today and tomorrow are jam-packed with activities. So I'm going to have even more fun. It sounds great. You do look very happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought we would talk about your art today and mm -hmm. um, your story with art and your life. Okay. Where would you like to start that? I can tell you when I first started doing um, this art somewhat professionally, um, my uh, what do you call it? The way I paint has changed. Um, so I, I started taking art in high school. I took some art in college, several courses, and then I had a family and the art went on the shelf and I really didn't do much with it at all. Mm -hmm. And then when I first started painting, <clears throat> I painted somewhat realistic things. Um, I was looking at different photos and making them my own and painting that. And then I discovered fluid art painting, which I fell in love with. And I painted quite a bit of fluid art pieces. <clears throat> People loved them, but I got bored. And then I discovered abstract art, which I had never really explored abstract art. I 
I see, I see it. I like it, but I didn't really dive into it. <clears throat> what is it that you like about abstract art? What I like about abstract art is the fact that people think it's just something very simplistic. And for me, it's one of the most challenging art forms are out there. I can paint a picture. I can look at something and paint it and, you know, tweak it and make it look like mine. But when you're painting abstract, it's completely 100% intuitive. It's free. And then you have to think of the color composition. You have to think of the 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 painting composition you have to think of the rhythm you have to think of the flow all of these things that you're thinking of so with abstract art you use your right brain and your left brain because you're painting without any reference intuitively but yet you're also thinking of all these little elements that you want to put into the art to make it cohesive and make it look beautiful. Mm -hmm. And for somebody that doesn't really understand abstract art, they can look at it and think, oh, that's pretty. Yeah, I could do that. But what I've discovered is it's, <clears throat> it's probably one of the most challenging art forms that I've um, encountered. And that, and that's why I think I love it because I love a challenge. <laughs> I kind of thrive on it. Now that doesn't mean that I don't still like to do some somewhat realism and some figurative. I, I like all art forms, but I'm, I'm drawn to abstract at this moment and that could change. I, you know, that's the great thing about art. Um, it's similar to my nursing career because when I became a nurse, I've done everything from from babies to hospice to you know surgery recovery uh, mental health i've i've done it all and now i'm in addiction um practice and and i've loved every facet of my nursing career and i think art mimics that because there's so many different directions you can go and learn and polish. Um, oh, another um, medium that I really am getting into and, and loving is uh, mixed media. I love collage and layers and all the different elements that go with that. So, um, and you can incorporate that into your abstract work. So that is a, that's a fun one that I'm doing right now. Yeah, and I saw one of your recent um, paintings where you actually had some collage papers that you made with your granddaughter, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, cool. and she loves to paint. I mean, every time she comes over to my house, we'll break out the paints and she'll just paint away. And she'll sit there. She's four. She'll sit there for an hour and paint. Mm -hmm. That's how much she loves it. So I got the idea. I'm going to start, I mean, some of them I really want to frame and hang up. They're that good. But I thought I'm going to use, I'm going to save these and see if I can incorporate them into some of my work. And then I have, you know, her spirit in my artwork. So that was the last 
the last one I did, I used some of her collage papers. Wow. Turned out, turned out good. little girl that she gets to play so much with grandma and make paintings together, collaborative. Mm -hmm. So amazing. I My earliest memory of art was probably getting in trouble for using a crayon on a wall. <laughs> well, let me tell you, she has, she loves to draw on walls and, I think my sister and I went over there and helped them clean up the walls and we were scrubbing with uh, Mr. Eraser for hours getting her stuff off the walls. But, you know, she is a creative little thing. <laughs> that's beautiful. And she brings you a lot of joy and that's really Yes, yeah, she does for sure. So you like challenges as well. Yeah. Um, both professionally um, as a nurse, but also um, in your art. And you're selling a lot of your art too. I am. What do you think your um, art collectors are getting from, from your work? Well, for me, I attach an emotional experience to my art. Um, I feel my art is really spiritual and my journey um, has been full of grief, um, a lot of losses, very profound losses. And I put that into my work. And sometimes I tell a story about the art. And sometimes I just put a little um, nugget out there and let someone else interpret it for themselves. But it's funny because... I always have people private message me and say, yes, I really related to that. And that was beautiful. And I really think that that is the draw to my artwork is the way people feel connected to the emotion of it. Um, you know, I think, I, I think I'm a good artist. I really do. But I think there's tons of good artists out there. So I do believe it's it's the it's the story behind the art that really captivates people. Yeah. Would you describe your art as being perhaps more along the lines of bittersweet or is it joyful or um I don't think it's bittersweet. I think my art I think um one of the things that I typically do with my art is transform emotions. So I'll take an emotion of grief and transform it into joy or, you know, maybe some darkness and transform it into light. And I, I like to show the connection with the spirit in my art so, for example, I had a, a woman holding some balloons, looking up to the sky, and the balloons had eyes in them. And she just had a, a solemn face, but you could feel that connection between her and the balloons. And one of the balloons was breaking free and floating up to the sky. Um, and that right there tells a story. Um I think we've all lost people that we really love. And for me, if I didn't have the spiritual component, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. But I do believe that, you know, there's 
it's much bigger than where we're at right here. Um, there's so much out there that we don't know, we don't understand, and that's where faith comes in. I have faith that um, my loved ones that are passed on have passed on to something great, big, much bigger than anything I could ever imagine here. That's so powerful and takes so much courage. Really a lot of courage. Is that a daily practice for you? I I feel like rather than courage, I feel it's um, more like a blind faith. So as a scientist mind, I have, you know, I want to know why. I want to see how it works, what fits into what, what makes this happen. Um, you know, in nursing, well, how do we make things better? What do we do? What pieces do we put into the puzzle? Um, as a spiritual mind, I have to understand the why is not important. What's important is what are you going to do with it? Because I can't change the why. I may never know the why. Um, I've never been a fan of that expression, everything happens for a reason. I just think that things happen. And what are we going to do with the things that happen? Yeah. That's what's important. That's what the lesson is. And I, I do have a blind faith that, that everything is going to be hard. And, you know, I'll tell you the, the first couple of years after Brad died, my son, I was pretty much just going through the motions, like putting one step in front of the other. I did a lot of artwork. I was, and I, like you asked me, transforming that did take a lot of work it took practice daily practice um i had um a friend tell me just just keep coming just keep doing the work even if you don't feel it so i've been taught that we act as if i act as if i'm happy it's the action that gets the results not you know, you can't think your way into a right way of living. You have to live your way into a right way of thinking. And that can be the challenging part for a lot of people because people will give up. They'll say, uh, it's not working. I'm just, I'm done, you know? And yeah, that's what I meant, meant about the courage because, you know, I think sometimes people's thoughts are, can be really overwhelming and it takes mm -hmm. a lot of courage to just say, you know what, I'm not going to be led by these thoughts. I'm going to do something instead. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, but. It's just that action piece, you know, you just have to keep doing, doing the things that bring you joy. Um, painting, uh, meditating, prayer, um, doing things for yourself that make you happy. Um, and even when you don't feel like it, you know, you still have to do it. Mm -hmm. And 
I mean, you don't have to, but if you want to reach the other side of a grief process or an uncomfortable life situation, you can't skirt around it. You have to go through it. There's no skirting around things. You just have to go through it. So um, I can't remember which, um, but you got your, your restart into art again recently, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago after one of these losses. Do you want yes. to that? Yeah. So I had lost my son, Brad, um, six years ago tragically to actually it was an accidental overdose and I became very invested in helping people and I still do today I still um, feel very connected with helping people um, in recovery and then we became very close to his sponsor Brian who was just um a living miracle. He was bright and positive and had all the things that you look for in somebody in recovery. And unfortunately, <clears throat> he had a life experience that was just, it just took him down the rabbit hole. And um, he relapsed. And that was a couple of years ago. And we had become so close to him not that he replaced Brad. He just became a part of our family. And unfortunately, um, he passed away um, a couple of years ago. And I was devastated. And I went to my sister's house and she's like, we're going to paint. And I'm like, no, I'm not painting. I don't want to paint. And she's like, yeah, you're going to paint. And I go, I don't want to. Well, when I pulled into her driveway, went into her house she had the whole kitchen table set up with paint and canvases and she goes, sit down. So I really didn't have a choice. And I sat there and we painted for a couple of hours and I, I made this lion head, you know, for, for Brian. And it was at that moment that I discovered that um, art, the, the act of doing art, whether you're, making a masterpiece or you're just drawing or you're just letting loose and painting transports you to a place of peace and serenity without any cares, without any worries, without any thoughts. Um, and it was really magical. And it was that point that I decided I'm going to start painting. And I started painting and I started sharing my work on social media. People started buying it. And then I had the idea, hmm, well, maybe I could make a little business of this. So I, you know, hung my little shingle on social media. And I have been selling work regularly. And then that's when I started diving into learning different forms of art, different modalities, different techniques. I, I think there's so much out there. There's no, no way I could ever learn everything that I would like to learn about art. And, and I love that because, you know, I, I tend to get bored with things. 
Mm-hmm. So I know I'm never going to get bored with art because it's just always out there. There's so many new mediums to explore. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I can still incorporate my voice, my little bit of style into each different medium that I use. Yeah. It's just learning different processes. So yeah, it's pretty cool. The art world an art infused life. And that's the name of this podcast is like, I feel it's imperative for personal growth, serenity, and happiness. It just is for me, it is. And doesn't matter if you're a professional artist or you're, you know, a novice, or you don't even think you can do art. It's the act of doing Back to that saying, we have to act our way into a right way of thinking. We cannot think our way into a right way of acting. So, and some people have different avenues of art. You know, some people are musical, theatrical, uh, writers. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that you can do, but nurturing that, um, creative space inside of you. Um, For me, I can say has made all the difference in the world with my recovery journey. Mm. Mm. And so your, your sister gave you a huge gift, Mm -hmm. which now you're giving to other people on a, I think a weekly basis you're doing uh, paint alongs. Is that, is that right? Yes. And I missed my paint along this week because I'm on vacation and I just got caught up in the vacation mode, but um, yeah, I do weekly paint alongs live on um, Facebook and I have, you know, a handful of people that join regularly and share their artwork. And I'm amazed at some of the work that's been that's been shared. I mean, the cool thing about it is I'll have an idea and I encourage people to put their own spin on it or their own style. And I just guide them with some principles and and an idea. And I they'll post their work and it's like, wow, that's so cool. I mean. I had a really loose interpretation of something and then I had somebody post their work and it was like, you know, kind of structured with lines and real colorful. And although it was the same lesson, the artwork was her style and it was awesome. So yeah, I'm just blown away by that. It's uh pretty, pretty cool. To what a gift. Fun guide people what a beautiful gift Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting and and um you know you're posting on social media a lot and Mm -hmm. I have to remind myself that you also work full-time yeah right yes I do (laughs) how do you do all of it (laughs) well uh you know I don't say this to brag because it's not really something to brag about, but I've always had at least two jobs. At one point I had three jobs just to, um, pay, um, for things that were really necessary in my family. Like, um, you know, 
sending kids to rehab and stuff like that. So it wasn't until very recently that I, so I was doing three jobs. I was doing my full-time job. I was doing a, an as uh, like a, I, they call it as needed, but it was like once a week job. And then I was doing this art job and I was really becoming overwhelmed because my art career is blossoming and I didn't have time to devote to it that I needed to. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to let go of this PRN job or as needed job, which was something that I love to do, but, and it did bring me a nice income, but I didn't have the time for the art. So here I am at a crossroads, right? And I had to make that leap of that leap of faith where you say, okay, I'm letting that go so that this can grow. And I did it. I had planned to do it by the first of the year. And then I reached a point where I was like, okay, that's it. I can't wait till the first of the year. I'm letting it go. And I did. Mm. Um, once I did that, things started to open up for me. I started to sell more art. I decided to have, you know, live paint alongs at my house, which, um, you know, I had the first one. It was wonderful, wonderfully successful. Um, I've done some digital art online and I I'm selling that. Um, our, our art tribe put out this international uh, project where we're selling all over the world to, you know, calendars and planners. And that just blows me away. It blows me away. And I just recently had this gallery reach out to me and say, Hey, will you want to exhibit this piece of art in our get? And I'm just like, Whoa. So I feel like in order to grow, I had to take that leap of blind faith, right? That we talked about before. Mm -hmm. Let go of something that was really bringing me some income and just believe that it's going to be okay. And that's what I did. And it's okay. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. But it's hard. I mean, it's hard to let go of things that, where you feel comfortable and stable. You know, we hear that starving artist um, talk all the time. I even heard it this week, starving artist. Um, I don't want to buy into that. Yeah. I don't want to buy into that. I want to buy into the abundant mindset where um, the God of my understanding provides me with everything I need always. I have everything I need every day. And that is a mindset practice. Um, you know, you talked, that is the one thing that I do work on is, you know, oops, my head's cut off. Having that mindset that, um, that mindset of gratitude. Um, it's one thing that I've been taught years ago. I, I, I'm in a recovery program and, you know, one of the things that, um, 
I was taught to do is have a gratitude list and go over that every single night before I go to bed. Um, another thing I was taught is, you know, there's a couple of pages in this book that I read about acceptance. And when I would find something in my life, particularly uh, not the way I think it should be, I was pointed to that page, those couple of pages to read about acceptance, um, which can be difficult. Yeah. You know, what I'm going through right now is really, really difficult because, you know, I think of, boy, I've had enough loss in my life. Um, my dad died in a car accident um, a week before my senior year of college. And then I lost my son. And then I lost Brian Beatty, who was like a son. And, and then, and now I've lost my grandchild um, in a tragic accident. So, uh, again, I have to go back and dig into the why is not important. What am I going to do with this? And I don't want to shrivel up into a ball and just die. I want to live the life that I have here and make it the very best life that I can and be happy and experience joy and do the things that make me happy. Even when I'm not particularly feeling happy at the moment, I, that's where the work comes in. That's where the work comes in. Yeah. Yeah. But I have the tools. I, think, I just have to use them. I really like that because um I did struggle for a long time with this idea that some everything happens for a reason and and then people have a lot of workarounds for that. But I really like what you've said more. Um that things just happen and it's really more what we do with it. Mm -hmm. I think that's worth repeating a few times because that's so mm -hmm. powerful. And mm -hmm. I wish I, I mean, you probably think maybe think the same, but I really wish I would have known that as a young person, mm -hmm. you know, as a young adult or even a teenager, if I would have just known that, because it feels like it took me almost 50 years to figure some of these things out. Mm -hmm. Well, another saying that brings me comfort is um, you'll know when you know. Yeah, I don't until like you, that as much. <laughs> until you know, you're not going to know. So uh, that has helped me because, you know, if I have a situation in life that I just can't make a decision on or, um, you know, I have people labeling me as an enabler or a victim or whatever, whatever labels people want to throw out there. Uh, it comes back to, I'll know when I know. When I know it's the right time to make this decision or it's the right time to move forward or it's the right time to, to take this action, I will know. And until then... I'm doing what I'm doing and I don't, I just don't want to fall into those labels, you know? So that's how I use that particular saying. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that, especially as a, as a mother, 
Mm -hmm. I think that's really important because we have to let our young people kind of navigate their own life and make some of their own mistakes. And you kind of know when you need to step in and have that difficult conversation. Right. Right. You have to trust that, you know, when to have whatever conversations. Right. You are so wise. I am so grateful that we get to go on this journey. Um, I am too. Together. Because there's so many things that I learned from you in all of our conversations. Um, I'm really just so impressed with what you're doing and how much you're giving out into the world. And I just really hope that that all comes back to you. I know that it will come back to you, you know, with the, um, you know, the financial security and things that we need in life. Um. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are um, other questions that I could ask you, but I would like to see what questions you were thinking I was going to ask that you would like to answer. <laughs> um, one thing that I can talk about is uh, the giving spirit. So as artists, we struggle with this. Okay. How, what do you do with your art? Do you give it away? Do you, you know, is it priced too high? Is it priced too low? And, and that's a really um, tough subject for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So with my, with that art workers club, I do give away, I give away free lessons every week, typically. But I get so much back from that, not monetarily, just that community spirit and that connection with other people and watching people grow and experience the joy. So I'm, I'm good with that. And then when I have a piece of art that I have invested hours and, you know, emotion and, you know, a lot of thought process, like I told you. And I sell it for a steep price. And I have to, in my mind, say, okay, maybe I, maybe that's too high. Maybe it's not high enough. I don't know. Um, I think that's where that giving spirit has to come back to me. Uh -huh. Like, I have to take care of myself. And in order to do to to continue to produce art and uh, make it worthwhile, I have to sell it for a certain price. So it's a thing that I think a lot of artists struggle with, like know your worth. I know that some of these pieces are worth what I'm putting, the price tag I'm putting on. And I'm not... I'm not going to beat myself up over that. I have a piece out there right now that's somewhat expensive, depending on how you're looking at it. And um, people are drawn to it, but maybe they don't want to spend that. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. I don't want to crumble and go down that rabbit hole of negotiating a price when 
this is what it's worth. I don't know if that's making sense to people, but I do think that, you know, art has value, Mm -hmm. so much value. There's just an emotional connection to it. There's, we're putting our energy into it. We're putting our thoughts into it. Um, And it's, it's so much more than just a painting. Yeah. I mean, you know, the difference between when maybe you just make a painting and you like it and you know that that's going to be something that's going to appeal to, you know, a certain aspect of your audience. And then there's other paintings. I think you're referring to your tree of life painting, right? Yes. You should add a picture of that to, um, uh, to whatever visual media goes along with the podcast but mm-hmm. beautiful painting and you you have some real personal deep uh connection with that and yeah. i think it's totally fair you know to ask more for that painting than you might mm-hmm. for other work right yes i think it's a struggle because you know i'm showing my work um in public now and mm-hmm. it is really hard to watch the people come and maybe look at it, maybe even admire it. And then they look at the price and they're like, oh, and then they get scared and they run away. Well, mm-hmm. it's not for them. They didn't even have emotional experience with mm-hmm. the painting. And every painting has has somebody who is meant to find it. Yes. And when they find it they're going to have the money for it or they're going to find the money for it, but it's going to be because they have some sort of connection with the painting. And I actually got to see that happen in person one time that Mm -hmm. uh, was at an art fair and a woman came into my booth. And I mean, I think she gave me a nod of hello when she came in and she was with another person and they were looking at my art and I left them alone for a few minutes. And then they were real quiet. And I was like, Oh, they might have a question. So I kind of quietly tried to ask them if they had a question. And then I heard them kind of murmuring to each other. And, and then she basically turned around and said, I have to get it. I have to have it. And she was kind of wincing a little bit, you know, from the pain of, um, you know, paying $400 for this painting, but she was so grateful. And, you know, I'm so glad that I didn't tell her like too much about the painting. Why did I paint it? What did it mean? Right. Right. Because she connected to the painting. Yeah. And that, that is worth a lot. And you deserve to have that happen. Mm -hmm. Paintings. It will. Yeah. Yeah. I think the more you practice it, the more you become comfortable with it. Um, I know I know the, the worth of that art piece and some of the other art pieces that I have. And, and like you said, the right person will find that, um, you know, I think almost every single person, almost every single person that's bought a piece of art from me feels a connection with me. Mm-hmm. And then they look at the art and they feel that connection with the art. So it's not really just connecting with the art, but they're connecting with the artist as well. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm perfectly comfortable with it. And I'm also comfortable with if it doesn't sell, I'm okay with that too, because I love it and I will find a place for it. 
of my yes. own house. You might not even want to let go of it when somebody does want to buy it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it'll be like cutting those apron strings like, okay, bye. <laughs> but it's, it's going to be good because I, I also have that mindset that um, I can make more. Yeah. So I'm not afraid to let go of any of my artwork. Yeah. Um, I let go of that a long time ago. I can make more, it, but I, I'll be honest, you know, I will have to cut those strings when that one goes, but that's okay. Right. Well, maybe it's not, you're not ready to let it go. Maybe. So I think that's just really wonderful. And that's another thing that I um, really admire about you is even the business name that you chose is Heart Work by Don. And it's so interesting because the word heart has art in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you're putting that emotional component really up front and center. Right. Um, your business. And I think that's just so wonderful and so brave. Yeah. So needed. Thank so needed. you. Yeah. Yeah. People can go out and buy a piece of beautiful art at, you know, reproduced and, and that's fine if that's what they want. But I feel there's a real emotional connection when you buy an original piece of art or a print of art directly from the artist. Mm -hmm. I know I, I have several paintings from um, artist friends that I've purchased and I actually have some of your art too. And I feel a huge connection to those pieces of artwork. Mm -hmm. I just, they're special to me. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's different than just buying a piece of art that matches your furniture. I know. It's like, oh, so and so painted this. I love this. I can feel the the vibrancy. I can feel the movement. I I feel you in your painting. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it. Buying from an artist. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And there's something so powerful with original arts that um maybe is lost a little bit in prints, but uh, it depends. It really depends a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My sister painted a, a huge painting that I have in my living room and it's an abstract piece. And um, people always go, did you paint that? And I go, no, my sister did. And I love it so much. And, you know, in the very bottom corner, she has written, I am me. And that's one of the catchphrases that I use because uh, it goes along with a story of my son when he was in when he was in rehab. Um, he was walking by one of the offices and and the woman was playing some um, Neil Young and he took a step back and he goes, "Whoa, Neil Young!" And she said, she kind of looked at him puzzled. And she said, what do you like Neil Young? And he goes, oh, I love Neil Young. And she goes, well, step on in here. And he sat down and started talking. And she said, I just knew that he had an old soul. And uh, after our conversation, I just looked at him, this 23 year old young man. And I looked at him and I said, who are you? And where did you come from? And she said, he just got that Bradley grin on his face. And he said, I am me. 
And I use that because I am me and there's nobody else like me and nobody else like you. And there was nobody else like Brad. So it's become really special to me, that phrase. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love it because it doesn't have the labels, you know, because we always want to attach all these labels like I am my profession or I am my hobbies or mm-hmm. you know, I am my duties, you know, and so I love that. I am me. That's mm-hmm. so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you attach um, I am magnificent, I am um, a wonderful artist. I am this, I am that. Uh, if you simplify it right down, I am me is everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like a good place maybe to, to wrap this up. Okay. Uh, that sounds good. I wonder what last things you want to tell our audience, maybe where to find you. Uh, if you want to find me, you can go to Instagram. I use my business name for my Instagram and I have a Facebook heartwork by Dawn, but I also have my personal Facebook, which is a professional page, Dawn Strayer Beauvais. And at this point, I don't have a website. I have Etsy, but I don't typically use it very much because, uh, my art will typically sell right from the social media posts. So if you see something, you you just need to reach out to me. And if I have it, we can discuss it. If I don't, well, it's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're checking your um, DMs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. You know, you're posting a lot and sharing your work and you're making art every day. So there's definitely abundance of, of things for people mm-hmm. hold up. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories. You're welcome. Us and all your wisdom. And I can't wait to hear more juicy bites of wisdom as we go down this journey together. So thank you. Yep. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye.